Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. The Fed's recent policy change will lead to something like this. This is dinners. I've lived through it twice in my life, and it's likely something that's awaiting you. This was one. This is two. A complete currency debasement because of inflation. This statement by the Fed is really historical one because now it summarizes and informalizes all what has been going on over the last few years with monetary policy one, policy two, and now monetary policy three, huge deficits, the Fed coming in, saving everybody, giving liquidity. But when you give liquidity, well, this one quickly turns into tens of thousands where you can't even buy a coffee with 10,000 while you could with just a few ones. That's hyperinflation. That's likely inflation, hyperinflation. That's something very important to think about in life. And we'll go over examples. We'll go over the significance of what's going on, the dollar, the economy, the market, the outlook until when. The Fed will save us from market crashes, from recessions, will full employment. The Fed will do everything until it understands the limits of monetary policy, until the Fed crashes, and that's something to worry about. How long it will last, we don't know, but we can position ourselves, our portfolios, our investments, so that we are ready for everything, even for this. This might be your dollars in the future. From a historical perspective, I think the recent statement is something like this. When Roosevelt decided in 1993, when the policy was to drop the gold standard, to lift prices and to aid the trade position. What's very important here is this. Look at the price of the New York Times in 1933. Two cents. So this video is about my two cents, or now I should say two and a half free bucks. That's inflation, that's what's coming, and that's what you have to be prepared for. Similarly, 1971, Nixon orders wage price freeze, tax cuts, and closes the link with, between dollar and gold. Another historical moment like this with Jerome Powell, the New York Times was, however, 15 cents today with Jerome Powell, except for the fact that I have much better books behind me. It's also a historical fact. And the New York Times costs about, what, two, three bucks. So a hundred times more than, what was it, 90 years ago when it was two cents. Over 100 years, 100 times more, the quality and the value of the information in 1933, because there were no other sources, was probably 50 times higher than current. The price is 100 times higher than back then. That's what's going on. That's what's going to happen in the future. And given that we are in the era of digitalization, Travel fast, information travels fast, and we have seen this crash that usually happens over years now happen in two months down, three months up, and everything is like before on the market. 
also the inflation and everything might happen extremely fast. It used to last very long, but now things happen much faster. And that's the key to understand. We'll discuss also the implications, the key things to keep in mind, and it will give you a clearer perspective on when we, where we are going. So they said that the central part of the statement was the articulation of a longer run inflation goal of 2%. That has been reviewed and has implications for monetary policy. Let's discuss that first. So their 2% target was missed for most of the last 10 years, just a little bit above here. Then they started trimming, increasing interest rates and inflation went lower again. Now the goal is simply to let inflation run. They should have let it run to three, four, 5% so that the average historical stays at two. If they trim inflation, if they increase interest rates, as soon as inflation passes 2%, then the average is not 2%, then the average is not 2%, but much, much lower. And that's the goal of the Fed, that's the change in the policy. But such changes in policies are risky and can be very risky. The goal of the Fed, stable prices and maximum employment, price stability. Okay, price stability in their range, which is now not just to 2% inflation, but much, much higher. And then when it comes to Fed, if you, to the Fed, if you look at this, their projections are usually wrong because, and we'll come to this later, economics is made by the actions of the people. Thus, economics is behavioral, which is something you can't model. And therefore, the Fed is more wrong than right or the, over the long term. Short term, it can kick the can down the road, but it can't prevent what is the natural laws that happen there, which are behavioral based on what's going on with humanity. And that's something the Fed will never understand because they all try to model things. Analysts always try to model. That's what they teach you at Harvard, Yale, Ivy League, and that's what you would do. However, if you look here at the real-time projections for longer-run federal funds rate, it was projected to be 4% 2012, 2.5%. Now I think it's at zero and it was at zero for most of the last decade. So the projections really worthless. So the first key to understand is inflation. Two cents, 15 cents, now two cents, 15 cents, now 2.5 dollars. Keep that in mind and accept that because you now, because you're listening to this, you have an advantage over others and you'll see that in a moment because the majority is still not yet thinking about that because they haven't had the experience in the past. It was price stability, lower and lower inflation, money purchasing power, losing little over time if you haven't lived in the 70s and most of you haven't been thinking about money in the 70s, unfortunately. Inflation, yes, little change to the treasury rate, interest rates. So as I said, little change there. Nobody is pricing in, yes, a little bit. These changes are irrelevant just to make headlines. These are the changes that matter, big changes, and you can see interest rates still down. And then when it comes to implications, what if they let inflation be 5% for 
three years, 2022, 23, 24. How does that impact? When that compounds, that's 20%. 20% higher prices, that's something you have to keep in mind when it comes to whatever practically you do in life. Whether you have a business, investments, uh, pension, annuities, whatever. That's something very interesting to understand and think about long term because on the long term it matters. And there is just one solution which we'll discuss at the end. 5% inflation, let's say for over three years, then those that take a 30-year mortgage rate at 3%, they have negative real interest rates, so they practically pay you to keep the money, to borrow money to buy a house. Something to think about when you think about long-term exposure, especially if currencies get debased. But when it comes to inflation, you have to always keep in mind that inflation is a statistical average number. When you have a statistical average number that means nothing because it's an average of ups and downs. We are all different, but when you look at the average, it doesn't really mean much for you. Jeff Bezos is here. We are here. If you look at the average, we would all have 30, 40, 50 billion like Jeff Bezos's wife. But we are not her and we are not the average, which she would be between the two of us. So that's something to think about also when it comes to inflation. So the average will be 2 or 5%, but something will be 5%, something 0, something 10%. If you want to buy an apartment in the center of Paris, Ile de Paris, for example, very nice area here, uh, close to Notre Dame and everything, you pay for an apartment, a small apartment, you pay 10, 20 million dollars. But if you go somewhere else, if you want to buy a nice chateau in France, you can buy this thing, something like this for less than half a million. So 40 times more is what you pay for an apartment in Paris while beautiful castles cost much less. So will be also for other things, healthcare, apparel on the other hand, cheap food on one hand, expensive organic food on the other hand, education, etc, etc. So keep in mind the average. And the key point is there will definitely be inflation, but think about where and when and how it affects you. As we said, we went from 2 cents 90 years ago to 2.5 dollars. And here is the part that people are still not yet thinking about what's going on. Look at the savings, the deposits in banks. 2009, $4 trillion. We are now close to $12 trillion. Deposits, zero interest rates, losing money, negative real rates, especially with higher inflation. And when those people get it, that they are losing money constantly, year over year, big losses, then things will change pretty, pretty, pretty fast and even the Fed will lose control. Similarly, in Europe, just the bank balance sheets going up, up and up. We have seen the bond markets going up, up and up. And bonds in the 1970s were called certificates of confiscation. We have a market of 100, what, 20 trillion dollars in bonds globally that might get ugly for the bondholders and when they start switching losing confidence in currencies then it's all gone and it becomes like this which is worthless paper and now when it comes to another key point when it comes to money 
when does money become worthless paper? When the Fed says so? When the government says so? No, the money becomes worthless when people lose confidence in it. When you start understanding, oh my god, this is really depreciating, this is really losing value, I better do something with that money, then it starts losing value fast and when that becomes the predominant sentiment in the market, then you have hyperinflation and then not even the Fed can save you. And that's what the Fed is not understanding. It will be a click in the sentiment of the population when they start losing confidence in money, then dollars, euros will be like dinners. And this is also Charlie Munger's main point that economics can't be other than behavioral. And that's something that leads to all the issues out there because economics are behavioral. If you like this mindset, this approach to investing and what comes next, please click the like button, means a lot for supporting the channel. And if you haven't, subscribe to this channel. Thank you very much. Then on currencies, now the dollar, PIMCO says the dollar fall is just starting. What do you think next week's will the EU, ECB, Bank of Japan, China, what will they do? The same as the Fed. They will say, okay, our target is also 5%. And then PIMCO will say, oh, euros will crash, blah, 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 blah. So it's all over the place. It's not just the dollar. These discussions we have here are global. And that's something to keep in mind. And you can see, okay, yes, the dollar first shoot up as the COVID crisis started when people were looking for safety. Oh, and then where the dollar will do great things, all go into dollar. And then, of course, it reverted. And now that we are here, everybody's saying, oh, the dollar will crash, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the average, look at this. It's always up and down, up and down. And all these currencies, it depends. It has long-term cycles. Depends on who prints, how much, what's the strategy. Also, the economic outlook. But the general outlook is pretty simple. Currencies lose value constantly. That's something we have to put as a pillar of our investments and our thinking. Now, if currencies lose value, this was a good question on my free course. You can find the link in the description below. There was an economic overview. And then Sven, debasing is inevitable, which the commenter agrees. But what do you see as the replacement to the dollar's dominance in the world's reserve currency? Will it be gold, bitcoin, digital, renminbi? And I answer that it's actually impossible to know because it's a decision that will be made that by the people imposed by the government as we have seen with Roosevelt and Nixon so it's impossible to know now all what we can do now is speculate which is not investing and I'll show you something at the end which related to specu speculating and investing we don't know I always think no currencies forget about currencies Focus on real assets that will provide value in all environments and then you will do really, really well. That's it. And as the Fed says, so to counter risks to the economies, we are prepared to use our full range of tools to support the economy, to use the money printing bazooka, whatever. But 
it's not about what the Fed can do because this money is not trickling down into the economy. The economy depends on productivity. You can help it with money, with debt, with whatever. But if the productivity doesn't increase, then this is the solution. Lower and lower domestic GDP growth because that's how the world looks like. We don't grow, we don't have as many kids as we used to have. So GDP is bound to growth is bound to decline and the fed can do whatever they think they can do also spending is cooling down despite all the money we is coming in and we have seen people started to do like in japan started saving more the stimulus not spending saving for a rainy day and spending is already cooling down which means it doesn't trickle down to the economy because people save more which reminds me of abenomics japan Poor Shinzo Abe is a little bit ill, hope he will recover. But what he did with all the stimulus in Japan, inflation rarely hit, just shortly hit above 2%, above the target. They did whatever they could, all the tools to support the economy. But the growth ratio was not that big. Then, of course, big crash due to COVID. So you can't do these things with monetary stimulus you need to do other things which is education etc etc things that hurt that nobody wants to think about let's print money and see where it goes well there are limitations to these strategies also big deficits so they will support government deficits nobody cares about the deficit spending goes to nine trillion income goes down deficits of five trillion dollars Unthought, unbelievable a few years ago. Now it's normal, but there is so much money, nobody cares. On the market, quick crash, panic, the Fed comes in, now everything good, the economy is terrible, but the market's financial assets already show, they always anticipate, already show inflation, and this is insane what has happened over the last six months. It means that the value of money is zero financial assets that represent real assets have exploded inflated to the moon and this is where the fed's money comes and trickles really up in the market it pushes it up something but something similar has been done by the bank of japan buying etfs etfs having i don't know 10 percent of all etfs or 75 percent of all etfs and a strong percentage five six percent of all the japanese market but it didn't trickle down into the economy further low interest rates how it helps the market sap 500 dividend yield is 1.7 percent this when you compare it to the treasury yield of 0.3 percent as we have seen makes still stocks extremely cheap so this is what the fed is doing why is the fed pushing markets up because your pension everything spending depends on the wealth because household wealth is now financially engineered so that real estate prices market prices stock prices make the bulk of the wealth if that goes down much less spending the economy it's terrible depression so they need to keep the market up so that uh, those that have the money spend the money and do something for the economy. That's the system. It's not a healthy system because it works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, I have already shown you this is what happens. It's hot in here. Also, buybacks, companies get to cheap money 
Apple managed to engineer its price to double over the last year. What is this? Yes, year, because they borrow on the chip to fund buybacks, dividends. You can see here over the last 12 months, Apple spent $76 billion on repurchases of common stocks. And they are pushing that out. They can borrow at ridiculous interest rates, 0.5% yearly due on 2031. So they are taking advantage of that too. But this is based on that. And at one point, it's either inflation or something else. But these guys that lent money to Apple at 0.5 will not have a great return. That's only short-term betting that interest rates will go even lower or negative. So the Fed has surely pushed financial markets higher. They did the good work here, didn't work on the economy, no increases in production, productivity, sorry, but that's how they work, don't care. Now, how long will this last? Well, inflation, it's there, it has been going on for a longer time. The S&P 500 is up five times over the last 10-ish years. So really, it's already here. How long it will last until we don't lose confidence in currencies? I don't have any confidence in currencies. So that will trickle down to the population over time. And what's the best thing to do? You can speculate in all kinds of assets, but that includes the power of timing, it's better to be an investor, find real assets that will do good no matter what, and then you don't have to really think much about what we discussed now, the macroeconomics, inflation, hyperinflation, whatever. If you hold good assets, good businesses, you are fine and you'll get rich slowly no matter what happens. Ups and downs, speculation, be careful not to lose it all. On topics to think about, I will do a little historical analysis because I'm very curious on what can happen to the current high-level valuations and see what happened in Japan over the last 30 years. We'll make a video about that when it comes. Don't push me on that because I really want to dig deep that just for fun. So please subscribe to the channel if you want to see businesses that I'm looking at, that I own, that are good businesses with good fundamentals, that earnings give returns, please check my stock market research platform. You have the links in the description below. And why it's so important to invest in earnings? This is from the little book of common sense, Investing from Bogle. And he shows here total stock returns over 116 years, and you see the investment returns came from dividend yields and earnings growth, average 9%, 4% dividend yield average over time, 4.5% from earnings growth, and you get 9%. Speculative return and the impact on price earnings ratio sometimes does well, like in these cases, sometimes it does really, really bad. And this is not something you can do sustainably over the long term, and the return of speculating is really, really miserable. It feels good, it makes you look smart, but sometimes you win, unfortunately, over the long term you lose. This is much, much easier, and this is what we do on this channel. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review, as it means a lot to me. Thank you, and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.